This is a Rooster Teeth production. This is episode 33. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we were at Houndstooth, it was cold. We talked about Jeff's photojournalism. You sound we, better. We talked about Yelp. <laughs> we, <laughs> I fucking hate this. Uh, so <laughs> a peek, behind the, peek, peek behind the curtain for people who uh, are listening to this. Uh, we, we're having to do this episode remotely because uh, it is currently frozen over in Austin. There's a Because it is so one... It's, it's, it's one degree colder than freezing in Austin, so nobody's doing anything for the next three days. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's an annual tradition. Although this year it happened in January instead of February, the last day of January. Um, and so we made. We're, go ahead. I was gonna say we, we we all made coffee at home and we're sitting around uh, drinking our coffee. And we're just gonna interrupt each other all fucking episode like this. Uh, and the reason Eric was talking slow. It's because his internet is terrible, and Gus and I can't understand a fucking word he's saying. Should sound fine to you, audience, because he's recording locally, but we have no idea what Eric is saying uh, at any point. Just <laughs> FYI. Good morning, Gus. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> um, so, it's, uh, it's you know, like, like, like Jeff said, it's a, a thin layer of ice outside. It's uh, like one degree below freezing. My watch says it's... My watch says it's 34 degrees outside, uh, but there's still plenty of plenty of like what, like a centimeter, half a centimeter of ice on stuff. So yeah. everything's closed down um, as I've gotten older. I don't know if it's because I'm more scared of stuff, but I'm definitely a lot more cautious about driving out in bad weather in storms or ice or conditions like this. When I was younger, I like I didn't give a, I didn't give a fuck. Like it was, the, you know, pouring rain, ice falling from the sky. Like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go do something. And I get in my car like an idiot and go do something dumb. Absolutely. Absolutely feel uh, 100% the same. Uh, and for all of you people who live anywhere north of Texas and you go, yeah, it's winter. You get ice. You get snow. We, we exist in it. We're in Minnesota. We exist in this nine months out of the year. It's not a it, we get it. It's it's just that nobody understands how to drive in the ice and in and, inclement and weather in Texas. So it's not mm -hmm. that like I would personally be scared to drive to H-E-B right now. I would personally be scared to drive to H-E-B right now with every other asshole on the road who doesn't understand how to be safe. That's that's the real worry. Yeah, everyone always says there's no infrastructure for it. People aren't used to it. Nobody has winter tires. Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's just nobody has ever really spent an, exp an extended period of time driving on ice. Uh, or any conditions like this. So everyone's going to slam on their brakes and turn in the wrong direction and slide around like bumper cars. Yeah, we don't even have all-weather tires here in Texas, mostly. I mean, it's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no need yeah. for them, right? No. Um, but uh, years ago, God, well, how long ago was it? It might have been 07 or so. Oh, maybe 06. 06 or 07. Um, we had a similar storm where it, uh, like Austin froze over. There was ice everywhere for... I don't know, like four or five days. It was, you know, it was a little longer. It wasn't terrible. But um, I was, at the time I was living in an apartment that was on the second story. And I remember all of the stairs leading down and coming up to my apartment were just like encased in ice. Like you could not, if you tried to walk on the steps, there was no con contact with anything that wasn't ice. Right. And we had a, had a real shitty uh, owner of that apartment complex who did nothing to prepare, like, no salt, no sand, nothing on the steps. So 
I couldn't leave my house for a while <laughs> and I was going real stir crazy. So eventually like on the fourth or fifth day, uh, I left the apartment I went outside with a hammer and started hammering on the steps to try to break the ice <laughs> off. Cause I was just so sick of being stuck upstairs. And, uh, my, na- my next door neighbor was so appreciative. I remember she came out and she's like, oh my God, thank you so much here. And she handed me like this giant box of kosher salt she had. And I was like, oh great. Yeah, we can, we can do this. We can make this work. It's like I hammered all the steps down uh, to, to, to free us. And then, you know, used all my neighbor's salt to uh, um, dissolve the steps or dissolve the, the ice on the steps. And I, uh, I went to work. <laughs> uh, we, it's back when our office was still in Buda. Uh, so we had to drive... We had to go. Oh, so it was the apart. It was the apartment in Buda. So it was probably 06 then. Okay. Uh, so I I got in my truck and I drove from Austin, Central Austin, all the way down to the Buda apartment. And I remember getting. I, I I was driving down Enfield. I lived on Central Austin. There's that part of Enfield where it's like a bridge where Enfield becomes 15th. There's like a bridge where it goes over Lamar. Yeah. And I remember getting to that point and my truck starting to slide sideways. Uh, over the bridge because of all the ice on it. And I remember thinking, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. I mean, like, ah, eh, no, nah, fuck it. You know, it's like the little devil on your shoulder. Be like, yeah, eh, it'll yeah. be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll make it down there. And uh, I got onto 35 and 35 was just littered with cars on the shoulder, uh, in, on both sides of the shoulder, just everywhere. People had slid off the road. And I drove all the way down to Buda, got to the apartment, sat down. I was like, ah, yes, now I can work. And I, I think I was the only one there. Like there was no reason, no motivation to do it, but just <laughs> being young and dumb, being like, yeah, I'm going to go to work. Uh, I, got, I got stuff to do. I'll be honest with you. In those younger, more competitive days, there was also probably a, hey, I came to work today and you didn't. I work yeah. harder than you. <laughs> Suck my <Yeah>. dick. <laughs> there was a lot of that mentality with us back then. There probably was a, a fair amount of that going on that uh, caused me to to risk my life and drive down there. Not Stupid. healthy. Stupid not thing. smart. Yeah, so uh, don't do that. Learn from our uh, the mistakes of our youth and uh, don't don't do anything dumb. We do dumb things so you don't have to. It's what I tell my kid all the time. I was an idiot for 40-something years, so you don't have to be. It's, it's mm-hmm. Yeah. I think lots you, of times you learn by doing it, though, and not by listening to someone. Let us be your cautionary tale. <laughs> one time, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, if I told this on this podcast, but I remember one time uh, uh, I was visiting Frank down in League City when he lived uh, you know, by Houston. And, uh, I was going down to visit him and it was, it wasn't cold, but it was rainy. There was like torrential rain, like multiple inches of rain were falling. And it's again, it was that dumb thing. Like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll drive down there. And I remember I, I, I turned off of the highway and I got into the neighborhood streets, like by where Frank lived. And once again, there were cars just stopped all along the side of the road because there was probably about, if I had to guess 18 to 24 inches of water in the road. <laughs> So it's like, if you wanted to drive, you had to like partially submerge your car to get through. And this back, I don't know if you remember, I used to drive that Chevy Cavalier. I was driving that little Mm -hmm. Chevy Cavalier at the time. I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. And I just like got, went real slow and drove through about almost two feet of water, like slowly pushing my way through. And I think some other cars saw me do it and like jumped in to get in the wake behind me, (laughs) uh, getting there. But again, it's that bad thing where nothing bad happened to me and I made it through and I just like solidified my bad decision making in my mind. Like, Oh yeah, see, that was fine. Anyone, no, everyone else has been way too cautious. This is totally, totally okay. Aye, aye, aye. Don't it's, do that stuff. Also don't build an entire city in a swamp. There's that too. 
I don't understand Houston. Half of that city is, is it's like New Orleans 2.0. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, and uh, it rains a lot and everything's soggy. Uh, but yeah, one time when I was living down there, I remember it was January 97, and it was a similar situation to this where, uh, you know, it had rained a bunch and then it froze. So there was a bunch of ice all over Houston. And there was a unique problem they had where, it had rained so much and then frozen so quickly that all of the skyscrapers in downtown were covered in super thick sheets of ice. Uh, so eventually, when it started to thaw, these giant sheets of ice started breaking off and falling hundreds of feet down into the street below. So they had to close off downtown and tell people not to walk there because it would kill you. Uh, and I remember seeing like video of like these giant sheets of ice falling off of these huge buildings and then just like smashing into cars that were parked on the street uh, below. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, awful. So that's I think that's the other thing that you're talking about, those states up north. That's the other thing that's different about cold weather here is that it's not cold all winter. So it can get stormy, dump a bunch of rain, and then freeze over, mm. um, which I feel like that's that's really when we get in trouble, when it's really wet and then it freezes and then you're just stuck under a bunch of ice. Can I be a negative Nancy for a second? Yeah, please. This is not the preferred way to do this podcast. We're going to get yeah. through it, and we've done it this way before, I know. But man, I miss being in person with you. It's a whole different vibe. It's probably just me. No, I, I understand. I don't know if you can understand me right now, but yeah. Okay. okay. You, you sound I, great. I, I absolutely agree. Um, we're <laughs> recording this remotely because someone decided that they wanted some days off, and that's <laughs> selfish. And, um, I, you Listen, know, I just think it, yeah, go ahead. I spent years being guilted about taking time off in this company. That does not happen anymore. <laughs> uh, and I gave a month's notice that this was coming. So I'm not going to take shit about taking time off, uh, for myself. I, it's not even, I'm not even the one saying it. Jeff texted me and told me to tell you that. And he said, <laughs> keep, keep giving him shit. And, um, Hey, Remember that day great. when it was icy and I drove to Buda? Uh, I was there and you weren't. <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't send that dude shit. But uh, but I I did the second the second Eric piled on. I thought, oh Gus, this is gonna Gus has issues with this. <laughs> we're gonna oh, yeah. we're gonna hit some we're gonna get some PTSD. So okay, so hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, if you can still understand me, uh, yeah. You said that you got a lot of shit for taking time off and everything like that. Later, what was that all about? That was just all hands on deck all the time because everyone needed this thing to work. Right. Like we talked, like we talked about in the previous episode, you know, how you would work a full-time job doing one thing and then you would put that down and do a full-time job doing another thing. Uh, there were so few of us. The problem was if anyone wasn't there, things started slipping and falling behind. So you, everyone had to be there all the time. So if anyone was not there, they were an asshole. <laughs> uh, wow. so, uh, we operated like that for many years. So I, I'm not, doing that anymore i'm i'm, I'm no, and, and nor, no, nobody is and, 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 and nobody has for years <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah of course God, these just, are, this it's, was it's still, years it's just, it's, and years and this is when we were a five-person company yeah it's still a, a sore subject yeah i guess so and then the, like the, the problem is that everyone dogpiled if you weren't there you were the asshole so everyone else would talk shit about you the entire time you were gone dude uh I never wanted to be, I always wanted to be the last person out of the room. <laughs> the yeah. first person out of any room back in those days is like, Matt walks out of the room. It's like, all right, that motherfucker comes back in. Hey, what's up, dude? Bernie walks out. 
that little dickhead. Yeah. yeah. That's um, bad, that's bad exactly uh, Mega 64 operated the exact same way. If someone wasn't there, they were the person that we were just going to get for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. It's great. It's just <laughs> what you do. Good old days. I think about, uh, now I'm not comparing us to this person by any stretch of the imagination, but I think about what people used to say about Steve Jobs all the time, how you were either the hero or the asshole to him. It's like you were either doing amazing stuff and you were doing everything great or you were the worst person in the world and you couldn't do anything right. It's like it was a, it was a pendulum swing from one extreme to another. Yeah. Anyway, uh, here we are working from home doing a podcast, uh, reminiscing about the days where we were taking years off our lives doing that stuff. Uh, don't miss it. What are you doing for your vacation? Non-podcast talk say. about stuff? Not, yeah. non- you don't want to no, telegraph I'm, I'm, where you're going to be in the near future no, for the audience? No, no, no. I'm, uh, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not going to be talking into a microphone. That's for sure. <laughs> How long um, can you go without talking into a microphone before you start to miss it? Oh, that's, that's, huh. I don't know. Like, it's funny because I don't know if I've gone more than like a week. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I've ever hit that time where I miss it. Uh, I've, the, I think the longest week I've gone is maybe a week and a half. So it's hard to say. I don't, I have not hit that point. Have you hit a point like that? Yeah, I'm good for about, for right at two weeks. At two weeks, I start okay. to get real itchy. Real, like if I take a long vacation or like, when I was on sabbaticals or whatever at about the two week mark or like there have you know, been occasions like when I wasn't doing face in this, uh, where I would maybe go two weeks without appearing on mm. a podcast or something. And, uh, yeah, t- but two weeks I start to, I start to like go a little stir crazy and, uh, you, you don't realize, especially in this industry where we do it all the time, I guess you're so, you're, you're so in a rhythm that you probably won't realize it till you get out of that rhythm for enough time, but it will fuck with you. Uh, it mm-hmm. is, it, it is just a weird, you get, I, I don't know, for me at least, I get used to having an outlet for just to express myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually that expression is just nonsense and fart jokes, but it's still, it's an expression. And, uh, and once you, you don't have it for a little bit, you, you start to feel that pressure build up. Yeah. You know? It's interesting because I do a couple of different podcasts and the, the prep for them and the, how can I put it? The mental state you're in when you're doing them is different. Like. This one and RT podcast are very similar in the vein that they're a lot more extemporaneous. Mm -hmm. Uh, For this one, I might have a specific memory or something old that I want to talk about. RT podcast is a little, you know, like we said this before, this podcast is the past. RT podcast is kind of the current. Mm -hmm. Um, When we do Tales from the Stinky Dragon, you know, Micah does all of that writing. So the prep for that is a lot more reading the writing, making sure I understand what's going on. Um, you know, and then typical D and D prep, you know, building out monster stuff and, and encounters and whatnot. But black box down is a weird outlier because that's a very factual podcast. So it's like research, a lot of research has to go into that. So I struggle when we need to do pre tapes on that show, because like right before we, we started recording this one, I was, that's what I was doing. I was working on a, a black box down script. I can't work on, it's difficult for me to work on more than one of those scripts at a time. And right Mm -hmm. now I'm having to do two, which is weird because then the facts start getting muddled in my head. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, wait, I thought, you know, this happened or I thought that happened. Like, oh no, that's the other one I'm thinking about. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I have to try to keep one in my head at a time, get through it and then work, get through it, record it, and then work on the next one until we're done with the recording. It's like, it's just muddled in my head. 
how long would you say that process is before you can get it out of your head? Is it about a week? Does it go from week to week or? Yeah, week to week. Once once we're done recording, it's like, okay, purge all that. You know, now we need to- You purge it, yeah. Fo- yeah, focus on the next one and do something, uh, do another one entirely. Uh, but if I'm trying to work, like right now, like I said, I'm working on two simultaneously and it's, it's, it's fucking me up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep them straight. I'm constantly getting the details mixed up. It's been one of the most interesting things about this career for me is the different sides and approaches to it. One of the things that I always loved about my time, or I've always loved about my time at Rooster Teeth, uh, and I view as a strength, is also, I think, a huge weakness, which is multitasking and being a jack of all trades. Uh, it's wonderful because you never get bored, right? Like right now, you, you were just working on Black Box Down. Now you're doing Anma. Tomorrow, uh, weather aside, tomorrow you'll be acting in some sort of a funny short or skit yeah. for STF, and then you'll be prepping for RT podcasts before you know it. But there's like, Day to day, you're doing something different almost every day. So there's never it, it never gets rote or repetitious yeah. or boring. Uh, and if it ever starts to, you just invent a new production to do, right? Uh, or, or, a, or a different like a theme week or a different thing to do about it. But uh, I I always loved that about my time, like an achievement hunter, helming achievement hunter. But I also recognize that you know, as a jack of all trades, master of none, uh, I you never really get to like devote your full heart and soul into one thing. Uh, and since I started face and that's pretty much all I do. I mean, I'll be honest with you Gus, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I put a uh, 1% of prep into this. Like if I think mm-hmm. of a story throughout or, or like throughout the course of being around town, I'll, I'll write a note to myself, but that's about it. Usually mm-hmm. Eric leads us with prompts and you, you know, you and I aren't having to do any of the heavy lifting in here other than have a conversation, which you and I've been having a conversation for 30 years almost now. But being able to just solely focus on face where I just live and breathe it and I think about it when I wake up and I think about it when I go to bed, it's like it's allowed me to, I don't know, create something that's a lot I'm a lot happier with. I'm a lot prouder of and I'm a lot uh, I feel it's a much better uh, representation of of like our abilities on it. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, this is, this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately because my career has kind of shifted in the last two or three years where I went from doing 30 things a week to one thing and just do only out of all, one thing. Like, like you talk about the jack of all trades aspect of it and like having to balance and work on like a bunch of different things out of everything you've ever had to touch and work on. Are there any that stand out in your mind that you wish you could have focused on more and gotten better at like something? I don't know. I mean, it's not going to be this obviously, but like planning store inventory or, you know, is there any mundane Man. task that you wish you had, you had spent more time uh, diving into? I don't want to give you a bullshit answer, but I think the truth is all of it. Like I liked almost everything we did at the time that I was doing it. And the only, the only complaint I would have had was just not being able to devote more time to it. You know, I guess if I could devote less time to any of it so I could funnel more time, I would have done less commercial work back when we were traveling mm-hmm. and doing all the, you know, Richard's group and White and Kennedy stuff. I, I would have spent less time in LA and Oregon and all those places doing that to focus more on the, the, the homegrown stuff. But, but I didn't dislike it at the time and it was exciting and fun and different and new. And we learned a lot. And that, that's another thing too. It's like, it because yeah. we were doing so many different fucking things. I mean, think about how much, how much knowledge you have. You're probably not using most of it right now anymore and you may not ever use it again, but think about the accumulation of knowledge over the first uh, eight years of your time at Rooster Teeth. And just like all the things you had to teach yourself how to do. Completely yeah. completely self-led, right? Just out of necessity or because you wanted to make something better or faster or more efficient or run smoother, you know? 
Um, I, I would say that's like that's the overall like benefit to to I guess those days and how we operated was we just learned we became very capable at a lot of things. A lot of things that I never I never in a million years would have thought I would have been able to edit video. You know, now mm-hmm. I hope I hope to God I never do it again. <laughs> I'm not. I don't ever want to be in a place where I have to edit video again. But I, I'm so glad I know how to do it, and I'm so glad it's a skill I had, and it's so, so glad it's. I, I know how. I used to know how to do it, you know, and know that I could, if I needed to, probably muddle through it again today. But uh, I don't know. How for a long you? time, we played. We played uh, before I answer that. Before for a long time, if you remember, we played dumb about video editing. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> we 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 didn't want to do it. But after having watched it for so long, we, we, we knew how to do it, but we would just be like, I don't know. I can't do that. Uh, that <laughs> seems like a, that's a just, Matt and Bernie thing. I don't know, man. That seems hard. <laughs> it was like another responsibility we didn't want to have to start doing. So for a long time, we, we played dumb. And I think they caught on to us eventually. They're like, wait a minute. You, know, you do know how to do this. Yeah. How, yeah. How, long, how long was a long time? I mean, I couldn't hide it any. Yeah, I couldn't hide it anymore. By the time I was doing Achievement Hunter, <laughs> like I was editing ten videos a week at that point. Um, I would yeah. say, like maybe maybe by like season five or six of RVB. I don't know. Yeah, a couple a couple of years, a couple of years, uh, de- a decent amount of time. Uh, I think the the things I there are a couple of things I wish I I, I did more of. Uh, one of them was writing shorts for us to make. And I feel mm. like I'm coming around on that. Like I, I started writing some of uh, Squat Team Forces like TikToks and and things that we do, um, which is which has its own challenges, right? Like it's 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 welcoming in the fact that it's so short form, but it's also daunting in the fact that it's so short attention span. So uh, a lot of conventions are thrown out, like as far as setup and introduction. It's like you have to get to the joke as fast as possible, and telegraphing it is sometimes okay. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, I feel like it's been enriching learning how to do that and doing that more and more. Uh, and, uh, maybe also more like knowing more about the camera work side of things and, uh, like how to shoot things and make it look good. Hmm. I wish I'd spent more time, uh, doing that. Cause I don't know if I've ever really shot anything or that wasn't in a video game, I've shot plenty of stuff in a video game that I don't, I consider that very different. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'm definitely no live action cinematographer, for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that was that that is a daunting, uh, I guess, uh, like trial by fire, high learning curve kind of kind of deal. I feel like, mm-hmm. and w- luckily we had people like Nathan Zellner who were around almost from the beginning, who were so fucking talented at that. That you know, it it would be, it would have been foolish for you and I to learn. Yeah, there was there was no time for us to to screw it up. When uh, we have someone who's perfectly <laughs> capable of doing it sitting right in the room. That's true. That's a very good point. Uh, uh. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I feel like with, with the writing specific, specifically, I've been trying to make a, a much more concerted effort uh, you, about Are that. you enjoying it? It's fun. Uh, I, did, I think the most nerve-wracking part, there, there's two parts of it that are nerve-wracking. The first part is when we, uh, when I show it to the group and we do like a read-through. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's terrible. It sucks. It's awful. I hate it. Uh, and I want to hide under a rock, um, uh, and then, you know, get feedback and then you know, like do punch ups and re, you know, rewrite some things. And the second nerve wracking part is when it, when the video finally gets uploaded and you're like, Oh my God, is anybody going to watch it? Is anybody going to like it? Everyone's going to hate it. It's stupid. Take it down, <laughs> delete it. Uh, uh, but usually it goes all right. Yeah. I find writing to be, uh, 
like the single hardest thing that I've participated in career wise. It is uh there's like you can't fake anything writing. Like you can fake it till you make it in a lot of a, a, a lot of different disciplines in this world. Uh, but there is nobody to, f- there's no way to fake it and there's nobody to hide behind when it's just you and a fucking keyboard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is, uh, it's definitely, I'm in the middle of writing this, uh, this face cookbook. And, and I say writing, I use the term loosely because it's not really writing what I'm doing. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't want to give more credence to, to what I'm making, uh, than it deserves, but it's still, it's just like, it's just like some days you just don't have it and you're like, oh, I'm just fucking stupid today. I can't put words <laughs> together, you know? And then other days you're like, why is this, why is, why did I think this was hard yesterday? This is so fucking dumb and fast and easy. Frustrating. Yeah. Which makes me really respect people who do like really long form writing, like a novel mm-hmm. or uh, like a screenplay or something that's, you know, really long and you have to come up with like, man, I, more power to them. <laughs> I, Especially- I, I struggle with a, a 45 second TikTok. I I know, dude. Especially too, like you think about somebody like George R. R. Martin, where it's like I can't yeah. keep track of all the stories, and I'm reading them. I don't know how the fuck he's supposed to plan them and plot them, and then tie them all together. And but it's also it's like, but you did it to yourself, asshole. So get it. <laughs> it's, nobody it's, it's ma- been, nobody made you write these fucking books. It's been a long time. I think the entire run of Game of Thrones, one book came out, and I think it came out during season two. Mm-hmm. I want to say somewhere something like that. Uh, like the the TV show Game of Thrones came and went, and we're still waiting uh, on another book. I've I've read the entire series as it is so far twice now. I read it early on in the run of Game of Thrones, and I read it towards the end of the TV show again, thinking the next book was about to come out, and it's still waiting. Was it worth reading a second time? Because I read it all through once at the beginning. I I forgot just, a ton. You know, really, there's just yeah. like so much you forget. So I'm sure. Thought, well, I don't know. I might do it again. That's a franchise that uh, uh, I have completely lost interest in. Like, just that, that, like, I don't, I don't know why. I was so into the books, and I don't want to do like the books versus the TV show kind of thing because I enjoyed the hell out of the TV show too. But like, once it was in the rearview mirror, and I guess the last season felt pretty unsatisfying. I just, I never looked back, and I don't even care. I mean, I, I, ultimately, I would prefer to read his final two books, and I hope that I get the opportunity to someday. But if I don't, I guess I don't really give a shit. I moved on. Like, hmm. I don't really, ha- I didn't have any any interest in watching the new season, House of Dragons, and uh, I don't know that I'll bother. I don't know. It just, uh, I felt like I, I was in the position you were in until House of the Dragon came out, and I finally decided to watch it, and I was like, oh, this, it kind of, it kind of pulled me back in. Really? It was it's like you liked House of the Dragon. Yeah, it was it was really good. I hate I hate to say it. I did not want to like that show. Uh but it was it was it was solid. Did it feel like Game of Thrones and did it feel like it was enriching that world or did it just feel like its own story? It 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 definitely felt like Game of Thrones. I don't know if it felt like it was enriching the world. It definitely felt like a separate story. Like it's so far timeline removed from everything you see in the show that some of the locations are still there, but mm. all the people and all the interactions are are totally different. Even like, you know, the, it's it's so important, like the houses, like the the houses that are in power are also, some of them are different. Like you recognize some of them, and you don't recognize others. And um, so it's definitely, you feel like you're in that world, but it's, there's, it's not the same story. It's so far removed. This episode of Anma is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you know, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down. You may feel overwhelmed or you're like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. 
Well, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I think, uh, you know, talking to someone to help you unlock your potential and perform as best as you can is absolutely a great thing. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want better performance out of themselves uh, and to be doing, you know, showing up the best that they can and be doing the best they can and give, really giving that best foot forward. Uh, if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, uh, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime, no additional charge if you want to. Uh, if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash anima today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash anima. Is there another, can you think of another franchise out there that you wish they had expanded the world on with like spinoffs and uh, miniseries yeah. and, and this kind of thing? I, uh, I have actually have a very quick knee jerk answer to that. I wonder if it's the same. I wonder if it's the same as me. I'm interested. Is it Star Wars? No. <laughs> no, God, no. I wish they had done it with Star Wars <laughs> with other characters with like really expand the universe. Like House of the Dragon <laughs> did the opposite of what Star Wars does. Star Wars tries to tell new stories, but just keeps involving the same characters and settings over and over. Uh, and I think they, they, they try to break away a little bit every now and then. And when they do, it's great. Like I thought Andor was amazing. I don't know if you ever, if you watched Andor. I have, I haven't uh, seen it. Andor was phenomenal. And finally it's like a story. This is what, this is the kinds of things I want. Stories set in the star Wars universe that are not about Jedi. They're not about yeah. Skywalkers. It's not about, you know, all of that other stuff that you're constantly forced at. It's like, what was it like day to day, like living in this regime, uh, like just trying to get by, like, you know, sneaky, some sneaky spy stuff, uh, a lot, you know, grittier. Uh, I think that was, that's the kinds of things I'd like to see explored more. Did the Mandalorian not do that as well? I, I also haven't yeah. seen it, so I don't know. I just know people fucking loved it. Mandalorian's great as well. Um, yeah, I'll say yes with an asterisk. Uh, there is, you know, some crossover. Uh, eventually, like, it kind of sidetracks into the book of Boba Fett. So it's like, oh, now we're doing Boba Fett stuff. So you kind of like retreading si against kind of some of the same uh, characters and locations. Mm. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that, that was also good as far as when it was treading its own path and doing its own thing. Well, so you said you thought you might have the same answer as me. I'm just curious. I mean, I have an answer. I don't know if it'd be the same as yours, but uh, mine would be lost. I just, even though oh, ultimately I, I was disappointed in the last season and I didn't even watch it. I read it. I read the synopsis on Wikipedia, but like I got a hold of that lost via Domus game back on the 360 and being able to run around the island and find like little Easter eggs and, and see more of it really opened up that world to me. And I always wished I could learn more about Dharma, learn other stories. There were fucking multiple islands there. What was going on? Like there was so they, 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 they teased so much interesting shit and they ultimately didn't deliver on any of it. And I just would love to have experienced that world through more than just those dumb passengers. The problem may have been that there was no, um, plan for that, or there was no, greater explanation so that's why they kind of just don't answer it no i i understand that but i also i mean i think that they 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 wrote themselves a lot of hooks that they could explore and then ultimately chose not to um but they could have like talented people could take that source material and do lots of stuff with it it could be expanded yeah. there you know it may not have been the original intention but 
you know, Red versus Blue was supposed to be six fucking episodes long. Donut sure. got his armor. We were done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we managed to stretch that out for a hundred years. So, uh, I went on a, a a tour of lost locations a couple of years ago uh, in Oahu, and it's really I don't know. I was a, I was such a huge fan of the show. It was cool mm-hmm. to see so many of locations. You're like, oh, if you stand here, yes, this is exactly like this is where the plane crashed into the ocean. This is this is the beach. You could like you can picture it exactly. Or uh, I, I went to um, the houses where the others live. It's like, oh shit, yeah, this is this is the others. And uh, when I went there, actually, they were they were painting them. So they're no longer that color anymore. Like in, I remember in the show, they were like a yellowish mm-hmm. color or yellowish orange. Uh, they were painting them blue, like the day I went. So it's like, oh, like this is one of the last times you'll be able to see them the color they were in the show. Uh, was, was that a uh, all those locations? Was that like a bus tour or something? Yeah. Okay. It, I took I took like, like the you, Magnum PI helicopter tour, and it showed like King Kong and stuff. But I don't think it showed any Lost. Mm. Yeah, this was like this was a specific lost tour. It was like a dude in a van that had like a a Dharma sticker on the side of it. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're in for it. <laughs> Dude's like, come and Dharma Doug. Uh, for the next ninety minutes, I'm gonna blow your minds. Uh, did he do lots of stuff? Like, anybody name the numbers? Name the numbers. I'll top your head. Anybody? Oh, anybody? Oh, free sticker. Dude, he had so many questions, and I felt like a real idiot because I couldn't answer so many of them. Were there a lot of people on the tour? No, it was my wife and me, and that was it. <laughs> and, and your wife's like, I don't so, give a fuck about Lost. Yeah. Uh, no, she, so this she is all for lost, you. It was, a, it was, it was a, there were a lot of very awkward pauses where you would ask a question, and then like we would just look at each other and be like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> Dude, Mil- Millie and I did a, uh, did a ghost tour in Austin one time where we were the only people to show up, and the guy didn't want to do it, and he was like, well, it's just us and i was like yeah but we are here and he's like okay let's do it and we just made him no. give us a ghost over and it was so awkward i felt bad but it's like fuck this is, this is what we're doing tonight so let's how long it. was the ghost tour ah like an hour walking tour maybe maybe hour and a half it wasn't too long and it went fucking fast because we were the only people asking questions um i spent about nine hours in that van dude i will say <laughs> <laughs> i did a uh i did a ghost tour in Oahu years and years and years ago one of the best ghost tours I've ever had similar kind of thing passenger van hopped in it was like three hours long really fascinating you should do that tour if you get a chance interesting then you realize yeah. you're such a uh uh an aficionado I mean I had a ghost hunting show for two years on our on our yes. through our company <laughs> I've been through I've yeah, been to ghost I go do? to a ghost hunting tour everywhere I go or I try to what's the furthest away location you've been on a ghost hunting tour that wasn't part of that show uh i've done ghost hunting tours in australia it's pretty far i've done ghost hunting tours in, oh dude i did one in scotland i guess it's not as far but it was probably the best one i've ever done like it was like underground they went underground into the like like uh under the streets where all the bad shit happened it was pretty cool hmm. uh okay scotland uh, australia okay all right yeah, I'm, I'm i stand corrected you uh, i mean you obviously most states florida a couple places uh, chicago new york la i've done them everywhere it's a it's 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 a good way to uh to burn an evening in a strange town and feel productive. When was the last time you did that? When was like the last ghost tour you went on? Uh I don't think I've been on a ghost tour in probably four years. Should we do an Anma ghost tour? Yes, we should. Yes, we absolutely should. Like I don't want to go on a ghost tour. I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm easily frightened. Um, <laughs> so but I, I don't want to, but I, I want to make your 
I want to get I want you to get that itch again, man. Uh, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I will be honest after the end of the ghost tour, I was pretty burned out on the whole deal. So I kind of took some time off, but I'm, I would love to jump back in. Maybe you're back. Maybe it's time. Maybe I'm back. Maybe 2023 is the is maybe it's going to be 2023 spooky movies, movies and ghost tours are back. Movies are great. I've really been enjoying movies lately. I know we talked about it just just the last episode, but holy shit. You should watch them if you get a chance. Some of them are long, but if they're not too long, it's pretty <laughs> rad. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's great. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give the, I'll give the new talkies a try. Yeah, I, I I remember when I was a kid. You know, I grew up in a, a small town out in the border, and I remember like I always like that was one of the things I always wanted to do. There was we were so far removed, you know, pre-internet. There was so little contact with what I consider like the rest of the world. That anytime like a new movie came to town, uh, I was like, I, w- I would call every week to the theater to find out, you know, what the new showings were. Because I wanted to see if there was anything in the theater I could watch. And like, I just tried to go there as often as I could to, to tr- try to absorb as much like pop culture from the world as I could. It was a uh, two bucks if you were under 12. <laughs> and then once you turned, <laughs> once you were 13, it was four bucks. Dude, I wonder, you ever think about how much the world has changed in your lifetime? Like, the idea that you could feel, I guess at least, I mean, I guess there's probably a lot of places in the world where this is still the case, but the idea that we live in America, so the idea that you in America could feel that remote and isolated, um, it just seems so, it seems so ridiculous because of the internet and social media and how in the last 30 years, the world has, like, exploded and shrunk in at the exact same time right like you like you mm-hmm. now have a world of possibilities available to you but also it's like so close you can touch any of it right and uh i was talking about this with with my uh, fiance like the other night about how annoying it used to be to get it have to do a term paper because my mom would have to take me to the library where the encyclopedias mm-hmm. were so you could spend a sunday sitting at a bench next to all the other students writing out a term paper because the internet didn't exist and it wasn't something that you could google and you couldn't hire a chat bot to write it for you. Uh, We just didn't have AI back then. It was bullshit. Uh, We had to do all our own schoolwork or pay another smarter kid to do it, which means you had to go out and cut (laughs) grass and do some sweat equity to get the money to pay some kid to do your homework. Uh, But anyway, and it's just like, that's gone now, right? Like that kid, that, that Gus, that version of Gus who grew up in Eagle Pass, who felt so disconnected from the world and felt so alone kind of on an island in the middle of nowhere. And that same Jeff who felt very similar in Mobile, Alabama, which felt like I would watch movies like Beverly Hills Cop that took place in Los Angeles. And it was like, it might as well have been in outer space. Because it seemed like so fucking far away from anything that I had access to or that I would ever be able to touch. You know, the idea of going somewhere like California or New York was so foreign. And uh, it's just like, that's not the case. That'll never, well, unless we have like a nuclear war and everything gets destroyed, that'll never be the case for people again, at least where we live. Yeah. What's funny is, especially the the time frame where we grew up, it's funny you, you said that about Beverly Hills Cop, because specifically in my mind, I remember... Los Angeles and New York sticking out because like every movie was like L.A. or New York. It's like there was center of the universe. Right. I'd I'd never been to either place. I couldn't imagine going there. But you try to form this mental image of what it's like in your head. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I I probably didn't go to New York City for the first time until maybe 2001, 2002. So I was like 23, 24. And uh, in my head, since I'd never been there, New York City was like the Warriors. Uh, (laughs) It was like. 
Everything was covered in graffiti and dirty. Like, you know, there was a period in the late 70s, early 80s where every movie set in New York, like all the subway cars were covered in graffiti. And like they were like dudes in like shirtless leather vests, you know, uh, with brass knuckles. I'm pretty sure that's what New York looked like in the 70s and early 80s. though. (laughs) But that was to my to, to my imagination. That's what New York was still supposed to be like. So when I finally went in like the early 2000s, I was like, oh. New York's nothing like that. <laughs> like you, you walk out of Penn Station and you're looking for Snake Plissken and you're like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> this isn't right. Um, but it, it's just funny to me that my, my perception was so influenced by media for so long that it had never caught up and it had never reconciled. Like those were yeah. opinions and ideas I had formed as a child, like informative years when I was young and had never revisited and never updated. So when I finally went, I was like, oh, I guess I just never thought about New York again in the past 10 years. It <laughs> is so wild to, uh, I mean, it, it, it feels normal and natural because we've, we've experienced all this in real time. Right. And we're supposedly on the precipice of the next huge jump in evolution and technology, which is AI. And that's like happening as we speak. And you and I, I guarantee you, Gus, you and I in three years are going to be having a conversation annoyed that we didn't, we weren't smart enough to figure out how to make money off of AI when we knew we should have. Like, it'd be like the same Bitcoin conversation, you know? It's like, we fucking missed it. We were right there. We're right fucking there. We ignored it because it was dumb, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, that's stupid. And then it's like, ah, oh, everybody just drives fucking Lamborghinis now. Um, but <laughs> it, it feels so natural because you're experiencing it in real time because we're going through it. But I have a feeling like when you're 80 and you're in a nursing home somewhere uh, and I come to visit you, uh, I'm, I'm still on my own by the way I'm doing great I'm still I know I'm two years older than you but I'm still really spry and I I got that Lamborghini somehow and I, I, I still I, I take pity on you so I come to visit you and also I'm you know, your only surviving friend uh, and so I come back to shoot the shit with you and you're just like you're just like how did it all happen and it was like a blink of an eye and the world changed and I'll be like yeah buddy and then we'll reminisce for a second and I'll pat you on the back and I'll say this is probably the last time I'm going to see him and then I'll drive off and you know I really sound like Brooks from Shawshank Redemption here. And I don't like I don't like this arc. The world the world got so fast. It is really crazy though to think about it. Like you'll 10-year-old Gus just can't couldn't exist today. I mean, there's just like the world is so different. I and I wonder what that does. I wonder how like clearly social media has had a like an overwhelmingly negative uh, reaction to people's mental health, and it's it's changing people's uh, it's changing people's brains chemically. Uh, so I guess that that's but I guess that's evolution, right? That's just the, the people are just going to be uh, different because of these things down the road. But I wonder. Uh, I just I just I, I don't know. It's just I, I wonder. I guess I just wonder where it's all going. You can't know if you know. Then I mean that's I know that's how you get I, your Lamborghini. I haven't. I no longer. People always talk about that. How, how like Rooster Teeth was on the bleeding edge uh, of like technology and entertainment, and we were kind of like ahead of the game for, and, and I think we were for a few years. But man, whatever like prescience of youth I felt like I had, it is totally gone. I have no clue about like where things are headed anymore. I feel like I've lost that. Uh, I don't know that ability or that idea that I had an ability to to, you know prognosticate uh but it is uh yeah i just i am so fucking clueless as about the as to the way the world works i feel like the older you get the more you realize you uh you are dumb and you always have been and you were you were even dumber back then when you thought you had an idea yeah that, I, can, I can definitely agree with that
So you said something that I want to circle back to. It, it like sparked a curiosity in my mind. You were talking about having to write a term paper and go to the library because, you know, you, there's no internet and yeah. all that painful shit you had to do. Do you think that libraries still have like microfilm? Did you ever have to use a microfilm? Do you remember that shit? Oh, it's the worst, dude. The microfilm <laughs> and the microfish. Yeah. And go like, and it goes. So this is the audio podcast, so nobody's going to see all my complicated hand movements I just did. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I assume they still do, right? Because the only way for those to go away would be to digitize all those records. And who's doing that? AI. <laughs> there you go. Oh, we got it. There we, there's our, yeah, there there's go. our hit. In our lifetime, they'll go away. I think they're still AI there. automation of microfilm. Microfilm yeah, yeah, yeah. conversion. I, I will say that the seemingly saving grace to me of a microfilm compared to digitization is that it's established. Yeah. And you, it's, it's simple. Uh, if you digitize something, it's like, what format are you going to digitize it to? Is it going to continue to be a format that's supported? Is, are you, you know, for, digitize it and then in five years be like, shit, there's a new standard, m- way more definition, smaller file size. Dude, if, if I have learned one thing over the last 19 and a half years is that I shouldn't say if I've learned one thing because I say it every fucking 10 minutes. But one of the things I've learned over the last 20 years is uh, of this career is that there is beauty in the analog. It is I I am really learned to appreciate uh physicality, right? And and having things t- be tangibly in front of me. And uh I d- I do think there is something lost in in the transfer to all digital. Especially if the power goes up. Well, yeah, I mean you look at old uh TV shows for example, like mm. anything that was shot on film versus video, you're like, "Oh, some of this stuff still looks great and some of it looks like garbage." You know, it's. I was listening to uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino was on the Howard Stern show the other day, and uh, he was talking about this video library he has, which I guess the like the 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 video store he worked at where he started writing all his novels or all of his movies, and he kind of became famous. Uh, it went under at some point, and he bought the like apparently he bought all the tapes from the video store, and he has them all. He has this like insane. He has like a, a blockbuster's worth of. VHS tapes in his house still. And you think like, how useless. And then I was thinking, you know what? I bet if I had that, I'd watch that shit all the time. I wouldn't care. It'd be, even if I had, even if I had access to it digitally, I bet I would still watch it uh, that way just for like the nostalgia and the fun and the whir of the VCR and just not having to worry about downloading or, th- or internet speeds or like, look at Eric right now. Can't fucking talk. Sounds like a robot. <laughs> Just, uh, I, bet, I, I, I bet I would appreciate it and it'd be fine. I bet I'd be like, you know what? It's fine. VHS is fine. I enjoy it. It's you know, okay. You know, you talk about VHS and having this collection of tapes. And as you think about this, you know what industry or what group probably bemoans the downfall of VHS more than anyone else? Mm. It's whatever companies made those specialty VHS rewinding machines. <laughs> yeah. There were separate machines you could buy just to rewind your VC or VHS tapes. So you didn't have to do it in your VCR. Dude, speaking of VHS tapes, and it's, I, I, I have been meaning to bring this up forever, and I completely forgot about it until this moment. Uh, and this isn't even why I led with the VHS thing. I was genuinely just talking about it. Uh, but I uh, got delivered a, a bunch of VHS tapes that were in the attic at my old house uh, that, uh, that Millie brought over. And I was looking through it, and I found like a VHS tape of me in basic training in the army, what? and a VHS tape of me meeting President Clinton in Kuwait, 
when I was in the army and a bunch of other things. But in that pile of VHS tapes was also a, a copy of the schedule, Bernie and Matt's movie, The Schedule. Wow. Oh, look at you. And do you know what other VHS tape I have, Gus? What's that? Uh, I have a certain, uh, let's say it, a, let's call it a, a Star Trek fan film. You do? That may star I, one young sixth grade Gustavo Sarola and one Frank Kim. That would have been ninth grade. But we ninth grade, whatever. I've been looking, I've been looking for that for so long. Yeah, I have it. I have your, I have your Star Trek tape. There used to be a thing where, I don't know where it was. Maybe if you went to Universal Studios, it was like a tourist attraction where you could go in and like they would green screen you into like a scene from Star Wars and then you could buy the tape when you were done. Uh, and I did that with my friends Frank and Ruben. And that's the tape that Jeff has. We were probably 15 years old when we did that. We have to uh, we have to digitize it. Yeah, we, we do. Have to. The, the listeners can't see it, but I have a stack of VHS tapes here <laughs> that I've been going through trying to find that. Wait, oh, are you serious? Hold, hold oh, no, I got one, it. Hold them up one more time. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's the best part about it is they didn't have a shirt that fit Gus because he's so fucking lanky and long. That it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, looks like a, it looks like a ringer tee on him. <laughs> it's like a three-quarter sleeve. It's really great. This VHS tape says Selena videos. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> that's, that's young Gus's beat-off <laughs> material. <laughs> That tape's sticky. Oh man! All right, we got to find a way to di digitize that. I'm. I have a, a technician coming out to my house sometime in the next couple of days to fix my internet. Uh, but we should get to some name guesses because we are nearing that time. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we should do that. So, I, but before that, anyone have anything to say about their cups of coffee? Oh yeah, I. Uh, so I made. I had. I went outside of my. Uh, my typical, because obviously I couldn't throw together iced coffee that quickly. Uh, mm. and it's also a pain in the ass to make it home. But uh, so I just had a cup of black coffee from it's called Conqueror from King's Coast. That is oh, cool. the brewer that used to make the Achievement Hunter and the Ruby coffee. And then uh, when we had that licensing deal and I, I really like their coffee. So I still I still buy from them. Nice. I made a huge mistake. Uh, I have not made coffee at home in a while. I realize now. Uh, and I need to clean my coffee machine. I realized oh, after drinking this uh, this no. cup of coffee because it was not great. Ew. And uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think my machine needs to be cleaned out. I've got a like a little uh, uh, espresso machine, so I had some Lavazza coffee, which normally I really like, but um, not good today. Yeah, you gotta de gotta get that descaler in there. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. yuck. No, uh, that was my fault. I have the Tanzania from Cato's coffee. Cato is a sponsor. For Face Jam. I think they still sponsor Face Jam, uh, but they sent me some beans. I got their Tanzania, and it's fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Um, what do you give it? What's your number? Um, I, I mean, I made this myself, so like 10 out of 10. I, I, mm. love, I love making a cup of coffee. I ground yeah. the beans. I, I wet the paper. I did the pour over. All of it. All of it. 10 out of 10. Can't get enough. I am also a 10 out of 10. Yeah, baby. Mine, mine is not. Mine's like a three. This might okay. be the worst cup of coffee I've had. On that. <laughs> <laughs> I drank it, but uh, I, I hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass later. All right. So I guess we should we should get to the to the name guesses. And, and audience, if you stuck around this long, I really appreciate it. I hope this wasn't a weird episode for you. Uh, yeah. And, and you know what? If it was, don't worry. Next week, I think, uh, are we off for two weeks after this one? This is 33. You're the producer. You tell me. 33. Shouldn't we be off after 32? Yeah, we should have. <laughs> All right, so next, the next two, 
are going to be special content. I thought my number was one off. Uh, so the next one, next two will be cool content pieces that you guys are really going to enjoy. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we, we will be making this mug with the name on it. Uh, Gus has already been in talks with Tony and the merch team to make this mug. Uh, we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it's going to say. I'm very excited to see it, but let me know if the name is another Monday Americano. <laughs> no. Oh, all right. He that's doesn't, deranged. He sushi. doesn't even know what you said. <laughs> um, it's what? a safe guess that it's a no. What the fuck? Uh, another Monday Americano. The, was that it? That's what I said. I hate this. Okay. I wish sucks. the audience had any idea what you sound like to us. It would miss it really sucks. Fun. I hate it. This fucking Yeah, I got sucks. that fine. Uh, this God sucks. I hate it. it. Comes through crystal clear. <laughs> Fuck. Angry men arguing. Angry men no. arguing. No. Any memories anybody? No. So I'm going to read you I'm going to read okay. you uh you know, I I I uh I had a conversation with Tony when I've been working on this mug and I I sent him the name of the podcast in Slack so he could work on uh, making the mug. And uh, would you like me to read what his reply was immediately yes. after I, please. I yes, sent yes, him yes, the name? Yes, please, yes. please, now. Tony, he sent two replies. The first one said, at least you can't see my face like when you told Esther. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And the, the second sentence is, I think it's fun. Nothing will live up to the hype, but it's just dumb enough to be charming. Oh, no. Everyone's going to hate it. <laughs> just well here's the deal here's the deal here's the deal i will say this it's tony said it's just dumb enough to be charming i i got i trust tony tony's got a good sense of these things so if he thinks it's charming maybe there's some cute redemption in it for you there's no there's no way i can't feel like that. i feel like there can't no. be right yeah no there there's not um well That'll do it for episode 33 of uh, Anma. If you want to guess the name, I don't know if Gus can, and Jeff can understand me at all. If you want to guess the name at Anima Podcast uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, you can look at the pictures of Gus VHS tapes that he held up from this episode. Wow. Uh, really incredible stuff. Uh, oh. If uh, there's your, oh, we'll do that at the end. We'll get, we'll get a, okay. cool, a cool picture of you guys cheersing. Um Next week, I you know what, Jeff? I actually have, I'm going to find a day next week. We're going to record two pieces of uh, extra content, me and you. One, I think, where we're, we're going to go through some stuff. I got an idea. And then another one where I'm going to recruit some people to help us. So okay. we, I'm very excited for our extra content that Gus is not allowed to participate in. And mm -hmm. he can listen to if he wants to, like a fan. Um, if you want to send guesses at Animal Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, r slash Animal Podcast on Reddit, uh, Gus, Jeff, any parting words for these folks? Um, show me your VHS tapes. <laughs> Weird. Uh, please don't do that. Don't show them to him. He doesn't need to see them. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Bye. Okay. And then also have some older things. Gus was an old topic. Gus and guess wants to sell the ceo's car yeah those those were all old topics as well but um we don't have to get into those i just wanted to throw them at you in case you needed something did you understand those three gus because the first two were garbled god damn it i got the okay. last one okay. i guess i'm still the ceo's car the other two were unintelligible <laughs>